Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to pick up with Susan Davis, who we just interviewed recently, and we're bringing in Walter Mora, her husband, biodynamic farmer, uh, the other half of this incredible duo that is making a difference now, not just in the United States of America, but also in Ecuador. They have moved down there actually many years ago. As usual, they are pioneers. They see into the future. They see why they should be in a beautiful place like that, which is not just beautiful, it's also sacred. And some of the relationships they have forged down there are testament to that. So it's going to be very interesting to hear Walter and Susan speak right now about their life in Vilcabamba, Ecuador, where a group of us just were recently visiting them at their invitation, kind invitation, generous invitation, uh, to partake in some of the blessings of the Kogi who came from the mountains of Colombia. So, bienvenidos, Walter. Hello, very happy <laughs> to be here. And welcome, Susan. Welcome back to a better world. Great it's a to pleasure. Have you both. So. Walter, would you start us off, if you would, on what, first of all, motivated you to go there, of all places on the planet, and what you've set up there to accomplish? Okay, well, you know, when I was about 17, I already decided I wanted to be a farmer. And within a couple of years, um, I was a little disillusioned with, with conventional farming and I, I found out about, about biodynamic farming. So Which is that, the basis of Rudolf Steiner's beautiful work. Yes. And it's like, a, you know, he has a whole cosmology and then he had also the more practical things like Waldorf education and, and biodynamic that's farming. And so that's been my whole life. But uh, by the time I was in my 50s, I was pretty exhausted because I'd been working, you know, 12, 14 hour days as a biodynamic dairy farmer. And uh, we decided we would take a sabbatical and we were trying to find a nice place to be and everything was booked out. And then Susan was talking to somebody, helping somebody. And she off, she mentioned that she had just bought a place in Vilcabamba in the Southern part of Ecuador and offered us a vacation. So we came down and uh, really fell in love with the place. And within seven days, I bought a, uh, a house. And, uh, and that's how our journey started. It wasn't like we did a lot of research or anything. It just sort of fell in place. It was a little intuitive. And then yeah. a few years later, we actually moved down here. I sold my cows in Wisconsin. And uh, Susan had a gap in her work. And we tried it. And, and you know, the internet was good. and. It's just a beautiful place down here. It's uh, eternal spring, valley of longevity. Yes. And uh, we, we love it here. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man, that is so beautiful. And your place, your land is so beautiful. It's so welcoming. 
you two are so welcoming. And uh, it, <laughs> it was truly fantastic for all of us to be there on the land that you have both shared so much love with. You can almost feel it coming up from the soil. Yeah. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons the Kogi also keep wanting to come back, which is so unusual and build a, a house there, one of their forms of houses, which is phenomenal. Maybe you could talk a little bit, would you, about that, about how that relationship took form and shape. Okay, well, again, that wasn't planned or anything. Uh, we were offered this land and... I had done some geomancy courses. I, I knew about the spiritual landscape standing behind uh, the physical world, you know, like we have chakras and stuff. So the earth has, has uh, chakras and, and, and vortexes and stuff, and this farm just felt wonderful to be there. And then we belonged to a group uh, that worked with the Kogi, their uh, indigenous group from the northern part of um, Colombia. And they were invited down and they, they did their divination and they said, yeah, we'll come, but we're going to come four times to reactivate this ancient sacred site. And so that, that was like a total surprise. Well, maybe not a total surprise, but it was a wonderful thing. And the third time they came down, they asked if we would like to build a spirit house based on their original designs. So... At first, I was a little reluctant. You know, what do you do with a spirit house on your land? But I decided to do it, and I went up to Santa Marta, where they live, and, and, and connected to the beings, the spirit beings there, and then also looked at their houses, and we built the house, and they came down to baptize it. They, you know, they do a lot of ceremony. And, uh, and they lit a, a fire in the middle of the house and said, this fire is never allowed to go out. <laughs> And By the like way. <laughs> and so we ended up being firekeepers. And, and basically the fire has gone for three years now. Sometimes, you know, we have a lot of volunteers on our land. Sometimes they make a little mistake. They don't understand, you know, there's a skill to keeping a fire going. But it has really been going for three years. And it is the fire that actually keeps the, the spirit house alive in our midst because we have to go there three or four days so uh, three or four times a day so it's not like it's just left on its own uh, but it's really a big part of our life and and um, we have usually four or six volunteers often they like to go up there for meditation and every morning we do a sunrise agni ultra ceremony a blessing uh, to the sun and the the elemental beings uh, so it's a very central part of our life. And I think when you say we thank the sun for bringing light to earth every morning. I had never thought of that concept before the Kogi taught us that. But think about it. That's what we say every morning with great thanks. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and the Kogi, they say when when humans have a sacred fire and do ceremony, it's like a kitchen. It's like we're cooking nourishment for the unseen beings. And uh, so that, that's been a big part of our life. Mm. That is so beautiful. Of course, the spirit house in Kogi, as I recall, means the house of original thoughts. And yes. 
it's just interesting. So being in it and with the hammocks and the benches and everything, there's this and this sacred geometrical structure of it. There is a feeling that anyone would experience being inside that that space. And Absolutely. I just have such beautiful uh, memories of being there with the two of you in the hammock with the Kogi sitting and talking. We were actually talking about um, the social entrepreneur activity um, that we were there to help generate in Vilcabamba and seeds and getting their feedback and just having, you know, what we call in the ancient native language a powwow, you know, and uh, with people of that level was extraordinary. Yeah, it's beautiful. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the other part of the reason they've been coming down. On one hand, it was to bless the land and your and what has become our work, but also the water. The water is a very big part. As you were saying, Susan, the, the fire from the sun to light up the world and also the water to also nourish it. So perhaps you could just share with us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we have a, a dry season here and a wet season, rainy season, and the hills are very dry. And I had asked the, just a few couple of months ago if the Kogi could come down and, and work with the water element because they have the ability to bring water back to springs. And we do have springs up on our mountain. And uh, they, you know, they were here for over a week and did a lot of ceremony around water uh, and crystals. They say the quartz crystals are like drops of solidified water and it brings in the water. And that was, um, and then it was very exciting because we had a, a volunteer here a few years ago who went back to Switzerland and it's been his dream to reforest the mountain and he's raised uh, over $35,000. So this year, we started our reforestation project. We're planting lots of trees. That'll go on for the next few years. Um, and hopefully, we can help change the climate, bring the rains back, bring, bring um, water back to the area. Mm, and, beautiful. Yeah. Do you feel some... Uh, regeneration of water happened in those springs uh, with the Kogi's presence? Has there been something uh, notable that you've seen? Well, they said it would take a couple of months and our rain started October and we have lots of, we've had a lot of rain this year. So that's been nice. And uh, yeah, in the next dry season starting May or June, we're going to start uh, to to see how the what the water situation is and and to help uh, water some of the, the trees that we've been planting, yeah. So yeah. it's a little early to actually say, yeah. for sure, but we sure have had a lot of rain. <laughs> well, that's a measure, you know. That's a measure. And you, you've been there for fourteen, fifteen years, so you can detect the change of water volume of yep. one season to the next. So that's not a small thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about like, what does it feel like to have this relationship where they 
have really embraced the two of you as brother and sister in a way that while I know they feel that way toward humanity, sentient beings, in fact, uh, they've really kind of acknowledged you both and recognized you and the land that you've selected to farm as something truly sacred. It's a different kind of relationship than they have with others. I mean, Susan, in our earlier interview, you made the point that I think is a very important one, that when the Spanish conquistadors came over to the Americas, they are perhaps the singular group that escaped from being conquested, conquered. And they escaped and it has kept their culture and spiritual um, heritage intact during a course of time when things became very westernized, capitalized, uh, technologized, and they escaped all of that. Even to this day, very few of them even have cell phones. So I'm just wondering, what does it feel like to be in their midst in the way that you are both? Well, you know, it's, it's a great honor, of course, and it's all in uh, service to the earth. But they have a saying here that the land chooses its owners because we weren't actually looking to buy a farm because, you know, I've been a farmer my whole life. I know how much right. work that is. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, um, you know, I, I, I told the person, well, you know, I don't have much money. I told her how much I had, assuming it wasn't very much, and assuming I'd never hear from her again. And a week later, I said, well, sell it. And then my, my farmer brain got working like, well, this could be a lot of fun, you know. And one thing led to the next. And, um, you know, the, the spiritual aspect of land has always been very important to me. And um, so I feel in, in a certain way I was, uh, you know, I have a lot of skills that, that can actually help to develop this land. And, and also, I think the spirituality of the land and also from the Spirit House, House of Original Thought, a lot of things um, have sprung from that. Like I work with the whole Upper Katamayo River watershed area with the, with the seeds tokens, the crypto tokens, and now yes. trying to revive a whole watershed. By the way, just for the audience to know that, as Walter said, cryptocurrency is, of course, the one of the latest things going on in our beautiful world um, in the space of finance and economics. And this is a particular cryptocurrency that is not about just making money at all, but very much in the spirit that you were speaking of earlier with the social venture network and social impact and the whole idea of bringing heart into business and heart into the economy, which by the way, of course, in the ancient Greek comes from the idea of maintaining a home. That's really what economics is about. Uh, this is a, cryptocurrency specifically about creating a regenerative and sustainable economy. And while, yes, people can make something from it, 
that is not its purpose, that will happen as a result of the use of it, which maybe that would be great if it were the case with the U.S. dollar. (laughs) But please go on about what you're saying and the use of the seeds tokens for the development and preservation of the watershed. Yes, uh, we to well, there are over a billion seeds that are uh, available to be given away to, like you said, to support regenerative projects. So we uh, made a request for 600,000 seeds for our whole watershed and uh, it passed. So we have all these seeds and we can do things, um, encourage good behavior by um, like, Uh, if you plant a tree, you get 15 seeds. Right now, they're only worth a few cents, but eventually they should be worth closer to a dollar. So, you know, that uh, $15 would go a long way here. Or if you planted 100 trees, a farmer planted many trees, it would allow them to really make improvements on their land. Or we have a a project for the farmer's market for every... uh, it's an organic farmer's market every Saturday morning. If you spend a dollar at the market, you get 10 seeds and the vendor gets 10 seeds. So it's really going to encourage uh, conventional farmers to go uh, you know, organic and also encourage consumers to go to the market because every dollar you spend, you, you have the potential to get $10. Um, That's a so, nice ratio. Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting. And then we also have a, a training program going, uh, global, the Global Transformation um, Core. Yeah, um, GTC Core, yeah. Um, they, they're going to provide a training here for 30 plus people. And so we're going to have a, a high caliber group of people who, who understand about um, you know, regenerative practices and, and, and it's very exciting what can happen here. We can really be a model. My dream is that if the trucks stop rolling, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be a sovereign valley. Uh, we'll be able to grow all, all our own food and, and uh, still maintain our, our lifestyle. Um, maybe a little limited, but We'll, we'll be okay. Maybe yes, maybe no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no. I think this is a beautiful trajectory, and it's done with a tremendous amount of heart and attention and intelligence. As you say, you have all of these skills that you have cultivated, no pun intended, over the course of decades as a biodynamic farmer, and you have them at the ready for cultivating the land in a way that is cosmologically attuned as Rudolf Steiner would have you do, you know, and to have, you mentioned something really interesting, Walter, when you were talking about when you went up to St. Marta, Santa Marta, uh, to meet with the Kogi in their own habitat, their own home, and you met with the spirit beings. Could you tell us a little bit about that? We have a few minutes left. Okay. Well, I'm not so conscious that I can see, you know, spirit beings or anything, but I know they're there and that if we have an open heart and speak our intention, 
that that they see that they experience that and um i think that's really important that that we show uh, gratitude and respect because uh, we you know this world wouldn't exist without their help and they just keep keep making sure everything's okay despite all the terrible things we do to the earth um so i i so true. They, they long for that for that um communication too so. i want to also add in the indigenous uh, presence that we respect so highly because i've been working with indigenous uh, most of my life um i brought my grant prize to nigeria for almost no cost etc i've been very aligned so we have uh two of our part, main partners are indigenous they were he, the uh, husband was actually the uh, head of the tribe that's the local that was the key tribe here so we very much uh, honor and respect indigenous practices and uh welcome indigenous members as well beautiful beautiful yeah that's it's a so very important part of our work is the the bridging of the north and south you know the eagle and condor working as one flying as one and yeah. um that's so important the you know we've lost the in the north the the heart forces you know we've become pretty intellectual and lost contact that's a big part of our work yeah exactly no i appreciate it so much it's so funny i i i muse to myself and sometimes even laugh out loud at the thought that we uh you know white european based folks came here to Turtle Island, to the United States, to North and South America, and thought we knew everything. And these primitive people, uh, we will just move them along and capture their resources and own it ourselves and help to convert them into good Christians and all of that without knowing anything about their real culture with a few exceptions like benjamin franklin and thomas jefferson who got some of the message not all of it but enough to bring forward into our you know uh bill of rights and constitution and the like and god bless them for that but there was so much more they could have learned and utilized and here we are in the 21st century only to see now some of us knew all along but they have been teaching us about how to have right relationship with the earth with mother earth as a living being and that is where we are all coming back to now yes and we have to yes Walter, you were about right yes you were about to say something more. no no it's good i was listening um, yeah yeah but Coming full circle. Wonderful working with our Falta partners. You know, they do their indigenous practices. They still move, uh, plant by the moon and all that stuff. And then we bring in our uh, biodynamic practices, a little different, but we, um, we honor both. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being guests today and Great. sharing with our audience the beautiful work, heart-based work that you're both doing, whether it's in the United States, in Wisconsin, in New York State, or Chicago, or Vogabamba now. And um, 
we look forward to carrying on together. We're all part of this together, as they say. God bless. Yes. God bless. Okay. As Reverend Jesse Jackson said, we may have all come over in different boats, but we're all in the same boat now. <laughs> it yep. is true words, right? It is true. Yeah. God bless Thanks you. Again. Programs. They're wonderful. God bless. Okay. Thanks yep. again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed that also, as I did. Walter Mora and Susan Davis down in Vilcabamba, Ecuador, speaking with us here at A Better World, based in New York City. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.